This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, south of the border, uh, it's a big night. It is the third and final presidential debate ahead of the November 8th election, which is coming up quickly. And um, the polls would suggest that maybe it's not really that close, that Hillary's got uh, a substantial, maybe a safe lead at this point. Certainly, she seems to be further ahead than uh, Obama was at this point in 2012 or 2008. That said, though, it's been a weird election, unlike any other, maybe. And who knows if Donald Trump can do something significant in this debate tonight? Maybe, maybe that could spark a bit of a turnaround. Just before we get to our next guest here, we'll let you know that we'll have the debate streaming on our website tonight, Newstalk770.com, via Global News. And here's Global News reporter Jackson Proskow with the setup of the debate. Expectations are of a raucous and perhaps nasty debate as Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton square off for the last time before the election, which is now less than three weeks away. Look at what happened during the last two debates. In the last debate, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump wouldn't even shake hands, and yet so much has happened in the weeks since. We've had all the revelations and accusations against Donald Trump, accusing him of sexual misconduct. And Hillary Clinton's email scandal continues to grow with allegations of quid pro quo between the State Department and the FBI over the classification of Hillary Clinton's emails. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has continued to slide in the polls, meaning his strategy tonight has to be to shore up his base of support. Typically, that means throwing out the scripted lines, throwing out the teleprompter, and doing whatever he can to hit Hillary Clinton hard. For Clinton, the strategy is much different. She can essentially take her foot off the gas pedal and try and maintain her standing. That might mean a more relaxed debate strategy for Hillary Clinton. She could simply sit back and let Trump attack her. All she has to do is not make any sort of catastrophic mistake this evening. What everyone's interested, though, is whether or not there will be any sort of discussion of policy. This is not the town hall format we saw last time around. This is instead the same format we saw in the first debate with just the two candidates and a single moderator. The question heading into tonight is, will there be more sideshow or will there be an actual discussion of the issues, something perhaps that moves the needle or solidifies support for either candidate heading into these crucial final weeks? Jackson Prosco, Global News, Las Vegas. All right, so here's the question. If Donald Trump loses this election, and if he loses badly, how much of this is on him? You listen to his speeches recently or follow his Twitter feed, a lot of people he's willing to point a finger at. But at the same time, it seems the Republicans picked possibly the worst candidate to go up against Hillary Clinton. And a big factor in this election, like it was in 2012, are women voters. And Donald Trump is poised to do really, really poorly with women voters. Joining us to talk more about all of this, very pleased to welcome the program here today, Mary Beth Glenn, conservative blogger at collisionofchurchandstate.com, the author of, uh, as one publication describes it, the tweet storm heard round the Republican Party. Mary Beth, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, your thoughts going into this debate uh, here tonight, though, on, on where the race stands, why Hillary seems to be so far ahead when maybe in, in a normal election she, she wouldn't be at all. Yeah, you know, in a normal election, I don't see Hillary winning. I mean, quite honestly, I think any of the other uh, options that we had would have probably dealt her quite the defeat. Um, but I, it's just that Trump is so horrible <laughs> that uh, she's kind of running away with this at this point. I, I don't know if she'll come out and really fight tonight or if she's just going to coast because I, I don't think that she has to do much 
to win this election at this point. Well, I mean, the Clintons seem to be, I think my sense is, you know, associated with winning at all costs. And and I think that's why maybe they have a reputation as being kind of sleazy politicians. Now, a lot of what's in this this WikiLeaks dump and, you know, even these, these videos have been going around this uh, Project Veritas would seem to confirm that perception. But do you, think, do you think at this point any of that is going to matter? I don't. You know, I think that a lot of conservatives are taking the same uh, stance that I am at this point, which is, you know, I can't stand Hillary. I have spoken out about her for years and uh, the Clinton family for years. But I think the soul of the conservative party is more important than this election. And I believe that that's what's at stake at this point. So, you know, we can either save ourselves from four years of Hillary or we can save conservatism. And uh, my movement matters more. Well, and, and I've heard people make that point, and, and I think it's a valid point. I mean, if, if Trump loses conclusively, maybe there's a chance the Republican Party will say, well, that was a terrible mistake, and, and just sort of, you know, pretend like it never happened, excise Trumpism from the party, as it were. But if, if Trump wins or if Trump even loses narrowly, he's really got a hold of this party. Right. And I also think, you know, a lot of there's been a little war within the Republican Party for quite a while now. Uh, between a very angry faction that just constantly wants to focus on the negatives. And they really took over during this election. You know, you have your your Hannity's and your O'Reilly's that are are just very angry all the time. And a lot of us kind of sat back and said, you know, wait, can we talk about the issues? So I think that if he loses, it's also going to help people to go, you know, to, to kind of mull over these issues more and realize that fear-mongering is not how we win hearts and win voters and that you know this these angry politics are not getting young voters in and they're not you know drawing female voters in clearly so we need to change our message and i hope that that's what conservatives move towards after this well what what finally did it for you then well you know i was never trump from the very beginning um and I think I think what really pushed me over the edge is, you know, I, I was very strong, never Trump, when it came to his treatment of minorities and the disabled and veterans and the list goes on. Um, I think that Friday when that tape came out and he was basically bragging about being able to commit sexual assault, <laughs> you know, more or less, I remember telling a friend on that Friday, there's no way that he has any support on Monday morning. I just don't see the GOP allowing this, you know, to go down like this. I just don't see him having any support by Monday. So when Monday came around and people were still putting their hatred of Hillary over the good of the Republican Party and the conservative movement as a whole, I just uh, flipped open my laptop and... (laughs) And went venting and then uh, slammed it closed, and I was just done. You know, that that was enough for me. I, I think the entire election has been horrible for conservatives and for Republicans, and um, I wish that more people, more of the elected representatives that I supported, I, I wish that more of them would have, wish that all of them would have really rebuked this type of behavior. What, what could have been done at that point? I don't, it seems too late to, you know, to dump the guy off the ticket or off the ballot, but what, what might have been accomplished if, if that had actually happened? You know, I think that if they just would have 
turned around, walked away, said we're not going to vote for him. You know, I still think that Hillary would have had this election and she would have won. But we at least would have dignity. We would have had, you know, some people of principle standing up and saying we were wrong to allow this to happen. And, um, you know, it's not just about this election. It, it was about much more than that. It was about the integrity of our representatives. And that could have been saved had they come out against him for future elections, for rebuilding the party, you know, all of these things. That, that was necessary for that. And uh, they failed to do that. It was very disappointing. Do you worry about the lasting damage of, of this campaign and the things that Republicans have had to defend in 2016 uh, that's going to be thrown back in their face in, in subsequent elections? Absolutely. Um, I'm very concerned about, you know, that was the number one thing that I've been telling people when they're interviewing me this week is I want people to know that that, that Donald Trump does not stand for conservatism. You know, he's very few of his views. Um, he's gone back and forth on, on the few that do. So, you know, my main concern was he does not represent conservatism. And I would hate for people to see that he does, especially your young voters and your female voters. You know, we don't want them to think that this is a, a good representation of what Republicans once stood for, because it's not. And uh, so I, I fear that lasting impact. And that's why I felt the need to step away and, and, you know, walk away and not not walk away from my principles and not walk away from conservatism, but to say I can't stand with this party anymore because, you know, this is unacceptable. And I hope that others do that. And I think a lot of people have come out and done that, especially conservative women. I mean, there, there's quite the revolt going on right now. So... Well, and, and that's one of the things you, you said in, in your tweet storm, in your Twitter rant, as you called it, that you said, I, as a conservative female, have spent years defending the Republican Party against claims of sexism. When I saw Republican men getting attacked, I stood up for them. I fought on their behalf. I fought on behalf of a movement I believed in. And you, you feel as though all of that has just been thrown out the window in the hope of some, some short-term electoral gain. Right. You know, they, they've... They've tossed their principles out the window for the sake of winning. And if we do that, what is the point of winning? And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it did. It felt very – I think this entire election has been very difficult on all conservatives. But I think conservative women have really um, felt the most impact from it simply because we had fought so many years for our party and we had spoken out about – you know, how feminists and, and a lot of people had come up against us and told us that we were against our own sex and we dealt with that for years. And then, I mean, I remember when he came out and said that he was running as president, I took to Twitter and, you know, said that this would be a disaster. And one of the first tweets I had back was, get back in the kitchen. So women have really had this negative, um, just very sexist, comments made to us for the last year and a half you know we've been treated poorly horribly and uh so to have our you know elected representatives that we fought so hard for just kind of cower down and not do anything about this man who's taking over our party was was repulsive so 
I mean, isn't it ironic that, that you, as a longtime conservative, are, are somehow the traitor, and Donald Trump, who is up until just recently a friend of the Clintons, a donor of the Clintons, is somehow the, the savior of the Republican Party? Right. And, you know, these people who are cheering him, and, and that's what befuddled me. So many of the people cheering him, the supporters, you know, are cheering when he attacks free trade. And they're cheering when he praises socialist health care. And they're cheering when he, you know, talks about abusing eminent domain. And yet those of us who have fought against those ideals in our conservative message are the ones who are basically being pushed out of the party. It's just in, insane. So, but that, but I mean, that's what's been going on for this entire election. And uh, it feels like a slap in the face. <laughs> it does. So what, what does someone like you do on, on November 8th? Do you hold your nose and vote Clinton? Do you vote for someone like Evan McMullen uh, or Gary Johnson even? Do you, do you not vote at all? Where, where are you at? I will be voting for Evan McMullen. So um, he is a write-in candidate in my state. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's getting some momentum. And, and really, I hope that even if, you know, of course, there's a part of you that wants him to keep both of them from making that 270 mark. But um, really, you know, if Clinton is president, we need someone that can help us restart a truly conservative movement, a compassionate conservative movement. And uh, someone who's not pandering to the deportation forces and, you know, the people who want walls and the people who, you know, want to restrict Muslims. And, you know, we need someone that is sensible to restart our movement. And I think that Evan is, is a really good representation of conservative principles. You know, I read somewhere that if Evan McMullen can win Utah and he's in a three-way deadlock essentially in utah and and trump and hillary tie that uh, the house would vote and maybe they could vote for for evan mcmullen maybe there's still a long shot path but maybe maybe that would be the, the best possible solution here you know it, it would actually be better if uh trump was not losing so many votes and not losing so much ground i guess for that entire situation to happen um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a long shot. I mean, that's how Abraham Lincoln got into the presidency. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, we hold out hope. But our, I think our main focus for a lot of conservatives right now is just what we're going to do after November and how we're going to restart. You know, I'm not one of the, you know, apocalyptic people saying that Hillary is going to uh, end the United States. So, you know, I, I think that I don't think she's going to be a positive for us, but uh, I don't think that's the end. And I think that on November, we need to start regrouping and, and really find our core principles again. Well, as you see CNN today, their electoral map projection has Hillary at 307. Uh, the 538 website has her at an 87% chance of winning. The New York Times forecast has her at 92%. Is, is this all but over? Or do you, do you think there's, there's still a chance for a, a comeback slash upset? I think it's over. Um, you have, you know, no matter what Trump throws at her at this point, um, the people who are who are refusing to vote for him are, are not just going to flip over and, and suddenly vote for him after all of this. Um, I think 
I think I said a few months ago that there's no way that he would win. Just looking at demographics and the percentage that he has to have, you know, you can't really even blame this on the never Trump Republicans because you need more than Republicans to win an election. And uh, he just doesn't have the the support from independents and minorities and women that he needs to win this election. So I don't see him taking this. Um, I would probably be willing to bet my car on it at this point. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't blame you. Well, again, uh, more at uh, collisionofchurchandstate.com. And uh, folks can find you on Twitter at mbglenn, Glenn with two N's. Mary Beth, it's been great talking to you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. All the best. Mary Beth Glenn, uh, conservative blogger, collisionofchurchandstate.com on Twitter, at mbglenn, Glenn with two N's. Uh, 403-974-8255 is our number. Take a quick break here. Uh, we're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.